You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1465. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horses in the Morning Health segment. Dr. Erica Lotcher joins show co-hosts Glenn and Jamie to talk about what five-panel genetic testing for quarter horses is and what it can tell you and can't tell you. And even if you're not in the quarter horse world, I think you'll find this conversation useful to better understand how genetic testing works, because there are a lot of things you can test for. So tell us, what is five-panel testing for quarter horses? We've covered this once or twice over the years, but not much. Uh, The five-panel testing is um, five diseases that quarter horses can get and quarter horse relatives. So your paints, your Appaloosas, that type of horse. Um, They can get any of these five diseases genetically. So they can get them from their parents. A few of them are really, really bad. Um, and the, a couple of them you can manage, but you'd like to know they have them, especially if you're going to breed them. So would so you five do this testing covers, would you do this as part sorry. of a pre-purchase to tie a bit to our previous conversation? If you were buying a quarter horse, if you have any interest in breeding this horse, yes. Okay. So yes. if it is a mare or a stallion, absolutely. Okay. Um, and If it's a gelding, depending on what you want to do, some of these can have very significant performance um, inhibition effects. So in particular, their um, HYPP, which lots of people know about, but that is the disease that Impressive carry, um, and it causes uh, muscle contractions at times when you wouldn't necessarily like them, almost like a seizure type activity, but not from the brain, from the muscle. So you can imagine if you are out on the trail, if you're trying to turn a barrel, if you are even in a Western pleasure class, no matter what you're doing, all of a sudden your horse has what we call an HYPP attack. That's really bad. You can't continue doing whatever it is you're doing. Um, The other one of the five panel tests that has a really profound effect on performance is PSSM. And that is an acronym for polysaccharide storage myopathy. And that's why we use the acronym because that's a really (laughs) long mouthful. Um, But those horses get severe muscle cramping because they can't metabolize sugars correctly. And again, that's a problem, certainly if you're breeding a stallion or a mare, but even if you're looking at a gelding, again, if you're doing those performance activities and they're positive for this, they can have soreness, cramping, you know, all those performance limiting things that sometimes we like to blame on the saddle or the lameness or, you know, whatever, we reach up and touch their back and they drop to the ground because those big muscles are so sore. Mm. The good news about PSSM and HYPP to some extent is we can manage both of those diseases with diet, exercise, and some medication. So knowing that your horse has them would be very important for you in a pre-purchase situation. Are there particular breeds that are more susceptible to these these problems? Um, in particular, the five-panel testing is for the quarter horse descendants, but we also have, and we learn more every day, um, we have 
PSSM can also be inherited in the draft and the warm blood type horses. There's also a little bit of evidence that it's inherited in Arabians, um, in particular the endurance crowd. Um, what we don't have, though, is a test for those guys. So the way genetic testing works is if there is one thing that is weird. So in like on HYPP, there's one little hitch in the get along in the genome. So it's very easy to take some hair, test it and say, oh, yep, there's the problem. In the other forms of PSSM that happen, it's probably multifactorial. So there's a couple of different genes involved and we just haven't figured out a great test for all of those yet. So there can be genetic problems in lots of different horses and we're finding out more and more how much of these issues we have are inherited. Um, you know, Arabs have a, a long line of, of fun things that they have inherited, like uh, severe combined immunodeficiency. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely disorders in every breed. It's just whether or not we have a test for it or not. I'm getting a question from a listener who's asking, what is lethal white syndrome? Lethal white is, we do have a test for that one. Um, it is common in the paint industry in particular, and that's because it is linked to what they call a frame overo. So those are the horses that have the big white faces and they have uh, a lot of white on their legs. So typically stocking or higher level white on their legs and almost always all four legs. Um, oddly enough, it is most strongly associated with the quarter horsey, you know, paint version of that as opposed to more of like the, the Pinto where you'll see that in like, uh, you know, like Clydesdales could sort of be a frame of arrow, but they don't seem to carry it. The lethal white that they carry on those, those paint horses is a, a disorder of the intestinal tract. And unfortunately it is lethal and it is lethal very quickly. Like the foals are born and within about 24 to 48 hours, you realize you have a problem. It turns out that the same cells that create the color on the horse also develop into the nervous system for the GI tract. Hmm. So these horses are born without a nervous system for their GI tract. So everything is fine as long as they're in inside mom, they come out and the GI tract has to do its own thing and it just can't do it. Those horses are almost always completely white when they're born. They may have, you know, like the medicine hat coloration on the top of their head, maybe a little, little tiny bits of color, but for the most part, you would call them all white. Okay. Question for you. I have seen the lethal white foals born. I, I worked at a vet clinic for a long time and, and the guy's was a board certified like theriologist, whatever. Anyway, so he bred a lot of horses. There was one particular client who every year would have a lethal white, but kept trying to breed the horse. Do you at some point, this always bothered me that he continued to help with this client. Um, do you at some point say, Hey, I can't do this anymore. Or is the client always right? Or do you, how do you counsel somebody or deal with that? That is a, a fine line that we walk every day. Um, and exactly. I will say that if I have a mare, um, and for, for me personally, I tend to deal with the mare side of things. I don't, I, we have some stallion work that we do, but most of our side is the mares. 
Um, so if I have a mare that say has a lethal light, um, I will then say to those owners, look, I think it is really important that you get your mare tested and we see. Um, we actually know at that point that she's a carrier because you have to have two copies of that gene to have an affected foal. So we know she's a carrier. We just don't know if she has, you know, like what level she is. And then we'll look at the, the stallion and say, we need to test a stallion. We cannot breed this mare to a stallion that carries the gene. So I, I try to have those conversations ahead of time. If it's a mare owner that I pick up, you know, after the mare has been bred, um, and we're now looking at a, a foal that unfortunately I now have to euthanize, which is always a very, very, very bad day. Um, yeah. You know, we're having that conversation then. If it is in the the breeding phase, um, you know, if we're in the early stages where we're talking with them about, you know, we're going to breed this mare, I will often say to them, you know, the, the chances of your mare being a frame of arrow and sometimes horses being horses, it's a little bit tricky to decide that that's actually what color she is. Um, we'll say the chances that she's a frame of arrow are decent and we strongly recommend you test her before we start the breeding process, because that's going to make the difference for you in terms of picking which stallion you go to. Uh, okay. So that's all part of the, the pre-breeding work for us. If we have the mare at that point in time. Gotcha. I only gotcha. Ha- we only have a couple more minutes. I wanted to ask you, because you sound like uh, we've had a lot of vets on, and uh, you sound like you really do keep up on everything going on. What what in the equine veterinary world that's coming down the pike that you've seen articles on or seen at, at, uh, at the convention, what are you most excited about that's coming down the equine veterinary world? I thought you were going to ask, what is she most scared of? No, I'm sorry. Gonna, I, well, I, I actually... answers <laughs> both. <laughs> okay, well, I get two answers. Because one is apropos of this conversation, and that is we are probably very close to having the ability to ship semen that is not cooled. Really? So we can do it room temperature. Yes. Yep. So that's pretty exciting. Okay, wait a minute. I got to ask how that Um, happens. How does that happen? Don't get don't get mired in the details, Glenn. Just <laughs> understand that she's excited about semen. That's the thing you need to take home. <laughs> yeah, that's this time of year for me. Um, <laughs> but it, it has the potential to make our lives much easier in terms of a you know our shipping containers can be lighter, so that can reduce shipping costs. So that's exciting. Um, also, hopefully, uh, FedEx will have less propensity for losing it because they're really good at losing those boxes. So, you know, there's all kinds of exciting things that can happen for us with room temperature semen. So it's probably a a few years away, but it is on the horizon and that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, The other thing that I have to say is, is uh, me nerding out on the other side of what I enjoy, which is performance horse medicine. Um, There are some really cool things out there about understanding how horses injure themselves so that we can look at what they do and prevent it. Um, That's a big area in the human athlete looking at if you jump this way, you're more likely to tear your ACL. So let's work on training you to jump correctly. So you don't tear your ACL. That is translating over into the equine world where we're trying to look at horses and say, all right, if the dressage horse does this in the pirouette, they're likely to get a proximal suspensory. So what can we do to train that horse to carry themselves just a little bit differently so that they're not likely to do that? They and that's pretty exciting. 
<laughs> yeah, but no, I would that that would be fine with me on that front. I don't like seeing injured horses. Well, yeah, and it actually gives you a whole new business, doesn't it? Because somebody has to advise on on those movements, on those things. Uh, yes, and and I will say that prevention is much more exciting for veterinarians. It's not as sexy, but it's more exciting um, than treating broken horses. None of us want to do that. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Spring Hill Equine Clinic in Newberry, Florida. Is that far from Ocala, by the way? We, we're about an hour north. Okay. I wasn't sure. So you're above Gainesville yet or in the Gainesville area? We are due west of Gainesville. Okay. Got it. So, Well, Dr. Latcher, you can come on this show anytime. Yeah, You've been great. a blast. And you put up with us, <laughs> so that was even better. <laughs> It's- you put up with me, so no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Spring Hill Equine. You can find them on Facebook as well. We'll put a link to it in our show notes. Thank you to Dr. Erica for joining us. Well, there you have it. Horse Radio Network has thousands of engaging podcasts for horse people, and you can have them sent right to your phone. Just subscribe via your favorite podcast player. And a big thank you to the Horse Radio Network auditors who brought you this show. If you're not an auditor yet, go over to Horse Radio Network and look for the Become an Auditor banner, and you can qualify for auditor-only perks and special programming. This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon with another tip. Until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show.